You're listening to the Good Moon Clinic podcast with Drs. Justine Corrie and Gemma Gladstone. We're two clinical psychologists and schema therapists with a passion for helping people get to the heart of the matter, to find out what's really going on and to help break unhelpful life patterns. In this podcast, we'll take an in-depth look at the common issues our clients bring to therapy and hope to offer you some useful new ways to think about your life and the people in it. So stay with us. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Good Mood Clinic podcast. My name is Gemma Gladstone and I'm here with my co-host Justine Corrie. How are you, Justine? I'm really good, thanks, Gemma. How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good? Yeah. School holidays, but we're in, Sydney's in lockdown at the moment. Yeah, this is our our last second week of lockdown now. Yes. So it's been um, another period of adjustment. Yeah, kind of used to it now though, aren't we? (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. I've cleaned out a few kitchen cupboards. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Not as much as poor old Melbourne, but you know, they've they've had a harder run than we have, but Yes, a bit of spring cleaning, throwing out a few things. I think. Yes, definitely. I'm going to get a few odd jobs done. And uh, also just dealing with the children and helping mm. them stay buoyant and not bored. Yes, that is tough, isn't it, oh you know, because there's been a lot of disappointment with cancelled parties or cancelled play dates over the school holidays and hard, it's hard for kids. I reckon um, our kids are either going to be super used to disappointment from this period of their lives or they'll be mm. allergic to them when mm. they're older. They seem to have so much of it. Adjustment. Yes, adjustment. Just, yeah. yeah, my children will probably have one that's had a birthday party cancelled because of COVID. It's meant to be last weekend. Yes, yeah, that's a shame. Not happy and <laughs> looks like my next child will also have a party cancelled too. Oh, really? So that one's due next week. Well, week after next, yes. I, oh, like, yeah. I suppose it depends on how long it goes on for, but yeah. Hard to say. Hard yeah. to say, but that may be yeah. happening. Yeah. So speaking of pain and disappointment and yes. heartache Good segue. and so forth Good segue. and, and, and um, adjusting to that, we're going to talk about what it feels like in relation to a breakup from a romantic partner or when a relationship breaks up in the not long after it started or any kind of breakup. How are we going to narrow it down? You and I, obviously, we talk a lot about our clients and this would be something that comes up a bit in terms of when a client would present for help. It's when they're in the throes of a breakup Mm. and they have also an abandonment schema. Mm -hmm. So that's quite a unique situation. So you've got the pain of the breakup and then you've got that scheme had been activated at the same time and it can feel really, really terrible. Yes. So I thought we'd talk today about actually why that feels so bad and help you understand what a normal breakup might feel like and then how the abandonment schema adds that extra amount yeah. of suffering. Yeah. Yes. How it sort of feels when you're triggered into that and why there's a particularly unpleasant element when an abandonment scheme is triggered in that context. And then potentially how it can turn into depression. Yeah, it can. It's on for long enough. Yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah. And um, I suppose there's also always we try and give a message of hope, don't we? So if you can understand that more, if you experience this or if you have an abandonment scheme and know you might have it at some point, then you can use that to this this information to make sense of it 
and mm. handle it better next time. Yeah, you're not just losing it. You're not going crazy. You're not yes. going mad. But yes. there's reasons why you might be having really Correct. intense, scary feelings and emotions. Yes, and during it's a very breakup. common, very common. So the first one, the first thing we're going to talk about is why it feels so bad. Obviously, as human beings, we're designed to stay attached to people. Yeah. Yep, for our survival. And so that's there's right. an innate biological response when an attachment is severed. That's right. I mean, that's what we're that's that's who we are as human beings and primates and other animals, you know, we've hardwired to attach and bond and seek proximity to the people that uh, make us feel secure Mm -hmm. um, and all of those sorts of things. And when, when that ends and that's disrupted or there's separation, we have a huge amount of disruption to that attachment system and we can be flooded with very acute feelings of distress. High anxiety. And in actual fact, it's, it's, it's dangerous from a, Part of this one that signals so strong is that we're meant to avoid it at all costs because a human being alone before we had our modern societies would have yeah. been in danger of dying. Yes. So it's designed to feel really, really bad. So we avoid it. So we avoid it. Yes. That's right from an evolutionary point of yes. view. Yeah. We're not supposed yeah. to be on our own and infants don't fare well, of course, on, on their own human, human yeah. infants. We're so dependent for several years, really. Mm. So if you're attached to someone and you lose them, it's always going to feel bad. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Now, if you have an abandonment schema, though, you actually are re traumatized. So remember, if you've got an abandonment schema in your early develop- developmental years, you have not had your attachment needs met. So you've experienced feeling alone and not securely attached to your caregiver. And so you've already had those feelings. So you haven't felt safe enough. You haven't felt secure enough. So you've had that anxiety response in your early relationships. Yeah, a threat has already happened. You've had yeah. you've had the relationship and that's been interrupted through some form of loss or inconsistency, your parent not being available, and you felt insecure as a result of that. You know, is this person available for me or aren't they? Are they there? Aren't they there? Mm. And so there's that inconsistency. And so the um the abandonment schema develops. That's right. So then fast forward, you've got you've already had those experiences as a little person and then you experience a breakup as an adult. So you've got those normal feelings anyone would have losing someone, but on top of that, you've got all the feelings, all the memories resurface, implicit memories, remember, not ones you necessarily consciously remember, but all those memories resurface of those feelings you had when you were little. Yes. So you've kind of got a double whammy. And unfortunately, um, most of the time, people wouldn't necessarily have a conscious appreciation of that feeling being developed when they were young. They wouldn't necessarily know. Mm-hmm. So it can seem very intense and very much out of the blue, and it can be really, really scary. Yeah. And I think with clients, sometimes when you have, well, I've noticed that this is very apparent when um, clients may not have had a relationship for any real long duration. So they may have been just in a relationship for a month, say, Mm. but maybe it's been quite intense and they've felt really good and maybe that insecurity has already started because it's been a bit familiar. So they've got high schema chemistry. And then for whatever reason, the person they've been involved with just ghosts them or disappears or, you know, ends the relationship 
without warning or with warning and then the per- the other the person who's sort of been broken up with the client really feels devastated but they're also a bit worried about the extent of their reaction so they come in confused like oh i only knew him for a month i only knew him for 6 weeks why do i feel so bad why do i feel so bereft and bereft. lonely and like there's no hope and i just can't bear this pain and when there's a lot of that going on and there's a real deep grief going on with that, it really eludes us often to the fact that there is an aban- there are previous abandonment wounds there and this has been your abandonment schema really being stirred up and, and triggered. And so because if people have, to the average person, maybe their reaction seems disproportionate to the actual Lost, right? Mm. It's a four-week relationship, and next thing you know, you're not, you know, you're you're feeling really, really, really bad. So, to someone who's not aware of this process, they're going, "What? Wow! Why she's only knew him for a month? Why is she reacting like that?" But it's not just the client in their adult self who's reacting; it's all other parts of them before that's also experiencing the breakup. So when the client is is experiencing the loss of a breakup, it's not just their adult mode that's suffering, but it's also all the parts of them that have come before. So their child modes and the, the abandoned child within, so to speak, who's feeling the loss, hence the, the huge reaction. Yeah. And how does that child mode, what's what's their suffering? How, how does it differ compared to the adult mode, if you think about it like that? What quality does it have yes. that's particularly distressing? Well, it has a quality of desperation, mm. i.e. feeling like I can't cope, I don't know what to do, how will I survive this often? So sometimes people can go into a, like, a, like a psychologically regressed state in a way and have all these really intense feelings about how will I cope, how will I continue. It's almost like a part of them, their reality is really being threatened. And when they have this intense feeling, it's often an indication that this is the consciousness, if you like, of a very small abandoned child mm-hmm. or even preverbal abandonment in infant sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. because in reality, when we're very young children, if we're abandoned, that's, that could be, like you said, that could be potentially annihilating. We could die. If we're abandoned by our parent as a baby, we will probably die if we're abandoned by a parent, right? And we don't have our care, the care, no one shows up for us. And so that's what we feel at the time of these breakups. When we have an intense abandonment schema that's being triggered, we feel the same thing. So that's why people say, how am I going to go on? I don't think I can survive this. I feel like I'm not going to get through it. I can't bear this. And and they feel it's very black and white because when schemas are set up, the schemas are very black and white. They're either, you know, all true or not true. So, you know, if you're with me, I'm okay. If you're not with me, I'm, I could die. It feels like you're just completely alone in the world. Like you're, even though logically speaking, you may have other really great attachments to friends and family, if you've got this abandoned child mode coming up, you're completely alone in the world there's a sense that that won't change. Like there isn't, a, you know, you, 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 there's no hopefulness when you're in that state. It just no, feels like this is permanent. how it is forever. Yeah. 
And I think that's one of the most really distressing parts of it because you can't summon, you can't see how you will feel differently from that moment. It just feels Mm. like it will just carry on forever. Mm. I remember when I was at uni, I don't know if you had this in your lectures, Gemma, Remember those um, horrible isolation experience experiments they did in, um, who was it, researching attachment that put little monkeys in isolation monkeys. chambers? Remember that? The har- Harlow monkeys? Harlow, the... Harlow monkeys. Anyway. Well, they were the ones, now. the attachment experiments. So that's right. It was an attachment yep. experiment. And so they'd, they'd put a little monkey in an isolation chamber. Mm. So they would create an abandonment. And what the monkey mm. did, and I, I remember being very triggered by this because, mm. you know, of course I've got an abandonment scheme in myself this little monkey would pretty much just shut down. So first there'd be protest and they'd go crazy. Yeah, yes. And then they would pretty much, it was like someone turned the power off. So mm-hmm. they would just shut down, they'd stop eating, they wouldn't move much, and they mm-hmm. would just be in quite a sort of within themselves suffering. Yes, I mean, sometimes researchers call that learned helplessness, but it's beyond that. It's, it's actually that. It's, it's actually an, akin to an internal death. Yes. Because if, and, and that, you know, there's actually been... um. That's right. I mean, that the infant mental health researchers talk about that process, right? Yeah. Of a baby that cries and cries and cries and cries and cries and cries and is not attended to. Like a and very, a very small quiet. baby. I'm talking about a baby mm, that yeah. is yet to develop object permanence. So not yeah. a nine-month-old who you can leave no. to cry for a bit. I'm talking about a very small infant left to cry, goes through that process of protest because that's normal and healthy. Yes. Hello. And then they get that gets extinguished because there's nobody coming and they experience psychologically, psychically an internal death. Like there's no point, I'll just shut down. Yeah, because I'm going to die. Now in extreme cases, right, if that's if that's set up, like that still stays with the adult, that still stays with us, mm-hmm. that experience. So not all abandonment schemes start like that, of course, but that may be the beginning of a very early abandonment schema, something like that. Yeah. But I think, yeah, what you're saying, Justine, is in the throes of an, a breakup, you can come in contact with all these feelings and you can become immobilized and stuck in that level of the child or the infant ego state consciousness, that that part of you that feels there is no hope, no one is coming, it's over for me, I can't get out of this. It's a really horrible feeling, which, you know, I actually had that for one of my breakups when I was in my 20s and it's, I, I can still remember it. I can remember that feeling and I, I um, it's like you just feel there's just nothing. There's just no one's ever going to be there. You'll never feel any different. It's, it's, it's a really difficult feeling. Now, I yeah. suppose on the other side of that now, you know, you can say, well, look, you know, if you get appropriate support, and you don't judge yourself for having that feeling and you kind of know what it is, it can subside and you can come out of it and make sense of it as an abandonment issue, which is really important, and then go on obviously to be okay. But it's a very, very horrible feeling. And I suppose I think it's just really important that if you have had this experience to not judge yourself for those feelings when you're having them because if you think about it from how we've been discussing it it makes complete sense doesn't it yes it's, it's an not acute... just about the breakup right now no, it's about not. it's trauma it's actually it's trauma. An, it's trauma it's a it's an abandonment trauma resurfacing and you're straight back there you know yeah. we, we talk about the it being a bit like the vortex the of, vortex you know yeah. taking you straight back from your current situation which might be a breakup which is painful but other people are thinking, why is the reaction mm. so strong? But for you, it's not just you, the 
25-year-old or 45-year-old or however old you are experiencing the breakup. It's the little person in you, whether that's a pre-verbal person or a toddler or a child, experiencing those tense feelings. And of course, when schemas are laid down, they're very black and white. They're dichotomous. It's either I'm okay or I'm not okay. And all that comes up and you feel very breft and there's no real rationalizing any with anybody mm. at that point. You can't no. say to a client, hey, but, you know, um, you'll meet someone else or you function just fine before you met this person. You don't give it. Why are you on the floor mm. now crying? You know, they're just not ready to, to hear that because the person who is reacting, of course, is the abandoned child with all those, um, all the very same feelings, sometimes the body memories, or like you said, the implicit mm. memories, the body feelings are the same, the pain in the body, the heartache, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, the thing is, if you have a few of these instances in your life, you can look back and say, oh, okay, I felt like this before and I did get through it. It does end. I'm not going to be feeling like this forever, but it's painful in the very acute phase because that's the acute abandonment trigger yeah. and all the acute abandonment feelings come up. So how do we help people? Hi, I'm Dr. Gemma Gladstone clinical psychologist and certified schema therapist. You know, working with Justine Corey over the years in clinical practice, we have had the fortunate experience of working with hundreds of women and being able to help them work through a particular issue. These women have struggled to identify early warning signs when dating and entering new relationships with men. But if they've been able to spot certain signs, earlier and make decisions, say, not to pursue a guy or to end something early, then they would have actually saved themselves precious months of heartache and potentially years of precious time. So we developed the Red Flag Project, an online course for these types of women. So who exactly is it for? Well, this course is for women with a pattern of getting involved with say, emotionally unavailable men, including those subgroup of men who become controlling, possessive, and harmful down the track. This course is really for any woman trying to navigate the dating world and wanting guidance on how to not waste time with dates who are unavailable, inconsistent, avoidant, detached, narcissistic, or controlling for whatever reason. So if you have difficulty setting healthy boundaries and you find it really difficult or hard to read the signs, to trust your judgment and to judge the behavior of a date or your partner early in a relationship, then you will definitely benefit from this course. You know, many of our clients with this pattern have literally found themselves embroiled with these types of men over and over again. Now, we know this, and we know this at a heartfelt level, because both of us had this pattern, and we lived through the frustration and the hopelessness associated with it, and we used schema therapy and our own healing to overcome it. So we've chosen to focus on women for this particular course, simply because we've worked with so many of you, so many women hugely affected by this issue, and we want to make a difference in the trajectory of the lives of these women. 
a preventative difference, a real preventative difference in the lives of these women who, by their own self-disclosure, identify with this pattern. So check it out. It's called The Red Flag Project and go to our website, goodmood.com.au. Well, I think what happens, and sometimes we see clients who've already had this happen to them, is they have a breakup or it can even actually be just a, in some cases, like a a rupture in a relationship. So the relationship may not be fully over, but people are experiencing this, this abandonment, even in a relatively minor separation from the person Mm. that they, you know, their attachment figure or their partner. So people come in and they've got this feeling on board and they may have been diagnosed with depression, for example, and they may not actually be relating the feelings they've got to this abandonment wound or abandonment schema. So they may just be completely oblivious at that point that that's what's going on. So they're coming in for depression and they're in this state. And if you think about it, I mean, depression is a really useful label, but in order to really understand and problem solve an abandonment schema trigger, you have to understand actually what's going on really. And I suppose with a client like that, you're saying that, um, you know, it's gone on for quite a while. That's why they're they're potentially, Mm. that's why they're coming. And then sometimes if they're coming in with depression, that's been recurrent and you go back and you, you understand their history. Often these episodes of depression in inverted commas are triggered by a rupture or a, a breakup. Mm. Yeah, there's a pattern. A close bond. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. there's so, an ongoing pattern that they have. And then they have all the shame about the fact of about how they're feeling. So they're, you know, what's wrong with me? This will ne- never get better. And, you know, that that's how it feels in the moment. Um, mm-hmm. But then if that's their view of that feeling and that state that they're in, then that can just flatline for a really long time. Yeah, and I suppose the shame makes it worse. Yes, and then yeah, it can be very anxiety and shame and um, hopelessness. Yeah, it can be suicidal, and that can maintain the depression. Yeah, just the feeling of what is wrong with me. Yes, the shame and the defectiveness. Why am I feeling like this? Yeah, but then if you put on a different type of formulation, that can bring some hope and a sense of empowerment to yeah. the person. So if someone presents in that, in that state, I suppose your first port of call is just to obviously be okay with how they're feeling, mm-hmm. like not be diagnosing them or making them feel more dysfunctional or more acopic, but just validating how they feel and gently, depending on, you know, how shut down they are, very gently just helping them see that perhaps this could also be going on. So there'd be two things going on, the, the duality yeah. of it. You can have yes. the, the feeling that you have about the loss of the current relationship and a deeper yeah. feeling underneath yeah. that is yet to be healed. Addressed, really. yes, yeah. and yeah. then hope that you can do that. And that people find that very soothing and helpful mm-hmm. because that's generally the first time it's been, they've been given a way to understand it in a way that's actually accurate. And also yeah. you can do something about it. It's not just taking yeah. medication. Yes, exactly. And of course, if you're like, and I suppose that we don't want to like hurry people out of feelings, do we? No. Shift people out of feelings. No. If you're feeling grief and you're bereft and you're feeling pain and loss and all of those emotions, you've got to feel those emotions. But at the same time, it helps to have the, the formulation and yeah. the understanding 
that that's where perhaps the bulk of those feelings might be coming from. Yeah, feel them without judging them. Yes. Which is actually a skill that you learn, obviously, over the course of therapy because most of us come into therapy with that coping mode, you know, not liking negative emotions or thinking they say something bad about you. Mm-hmm. Get wanting so to get rid of them. They want to get rid of them. So also unpicking that, helping them observe how they're judging themselves and that feeling and then increasingly helping them validate that feeling and be okay with it and have you have a lot of self-compassion for it and not seeing it as dangerous, just seeing it as a feeling, a really vulnerable part of yourself that hasn't been taken care of yet. That's very mm-hmm. important, isn't it? Yeah. Not to reject the the feeling. Yeah. Because when we do that, we're, we're kind of reject, we're abandoning ourselves all over again. All over again. So we don't want to do that. No, so it is a bit of a process, obviously. So particularly if you're triggered into that feeling, like it can take a while to sort of get your head around it because you're doing something quite difficult. You're obviously in the throes of it, but at the same time trying to observe it mm. and make sense of it. And obviously when we're highly emotional, the part of our brain that, you know, sort of logical and thinks about things is a bit impaired, which is normal. Mm. So it can take a while. So, but you just have to be very gentle and allow yourself to do that. And I suppose that's where a good therapist comes in to sort of assist you to help you transform that part of yes. you. Yes, and to not collude with the idea that this is pathological yeah, or there is something wrong with me. We don't want to do that. No, <laughs> no, sure. no. And look, no. um, sometimes actually when you're in that acute state, medication can be quite helpful. So not to, you know, totally poo-poo the idea of, no. of that um, because medication can just help dial down the intensity of it a bit so you can start problem solving. So, Particularly if it's going on. Correct. If the correct. feelings are going on. And, yeah. Yeah. So that can be, you know, sort of taking some medication for a period of time and then also doing this work um, therapeutically is a good combo. And then what's pretty amazing, or I always find it, is that once people come out of that acute phase, you know, that experience can really trigger a real um, need, like a a realisation that they need to do some self-development generally. So Mm. they begin to see the bigger picture of actually what went on and they begin to see how their abandonment schema operates in other parts of their lives or in other relationship phases as they come out of that acute phase. And then you can really do some great work so that you're not in this position again and you choose different partners and you, you know, grieve for what you didn't get. It can really start spark the whole journey to a bit of a really healing process Mm -hmm. of looking at, and that's why relationships and breakups, even though they're kind they're painful, can teach us what we need to look at, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not going to go away yeah. on its own. That feeling, like most of us, like well, if you're an abandonment schema, you'll do anything to avoid that feeling. So it also explains, you know, when to avoid that feeling, you might stay in bad relationships, you yeah. might abuse drugs and alcohol, you might, you know, have other avoid. sort of Avoid relationships yeah. together. Never, yeah. Don't put your hand up for another relationship that's too painful. Yeah. So then you can start looking at all of those sorts of things too and how this abandonment schema might be at the core of other things that are not working in your life. So, yeah, okay. So that's that's interesting. So we've talked about why a breakup can feel so painful, especially if you've got a abandonment schema. Mm-hmm. And I suppose the big takeaway or something I've found in my 
my own personal experience with clients is that is it just if we can just have that awareness you were saying before you don't want to judge the feeling but you can have that awareness of I'm I'm suffering right now this is what I'm feeling and then have the point of separation where you can respond to that feeling knowing that it's come from this little wounded child or wounded part of you you can respond to that part of that with really love and a kindness and affection and telling that part of you that it's okay to feel this mm. but then also to get help from other people from a therapist and all, what we've talked about already so obviously abandonment scheme is a huge topic and this is just one one of its stories. One of its stories, <laughs> one of the aspects. Yeah, one of its many, many aspects. If there's anything you'd like us to discuss in relation to abandonment and breakups, because we might do a few on this because it's such a mm-hmm. an area you can really go Absolutely. into, you know, there's lots of things we can talk about. Just drop us an email um, and we'll do our best to incorporate that into the upcoming shows. Yeah, that's uh, Justine and Gemma at goodmood.com.au. And also our website, goodmood.com.au. Okay. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for today. We really enjoyed spending time with you and we hope that you keep listening. You can visit the podcast page on our website, goodmood.com.au for more information and to access show notes. Please remember that this podcast is intended for information and learning purposes and that it shouldn't be used as a substitute for personal therapy. So please consult a qualified mental health professional for assistance that is tailored to your specific needs. Hope you stay well and take great care of yourself. Bye for now.